Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Philadelphia, they're back home to host Portland on Friday night. That means the return of Matisse Thybul. Why? This is a very interesting one. For Sixer fans and to see what Matisse Thibel does overall. And we'll talk about Keith's story with Matisse Thibel. That's next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, you are Locked On 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio here in Philadelphia alongside my co-host and partner from the Enquirer.com, Sixers beat writer, that is Keith Pompey. What's up, Keith? What's good, man? What's good, D? Oh, man, all is good, man. All is good. Good to be back with you here on a Friday. We got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Remember, uh, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube at Locked On. 76ers we got a lot to get into keys to the game a little bit later of Sixers Blazers as the Sixers on a three-game win streak Portland lost in Boston on Wednesday night so they had Thursday off here on their East Coast trip and the Sixers also we need to talk about the partnership of James Harden and Joel Embiid are you starting to trust it Keith we'll get into that why they are playing much better together and also uh, Matisse Thibel so that's where we're going to begin man you had an opportunity to talk to Matisse Thibel ahead of his return uh, he may not be Ben Simmons or some of the other players that have come back in the past as part of a, a new team after being moved on from, but he did have some success here. He had a, a lot of ups early on, and then the latter part of his t- tenure here, a lot of downs. Two-time All-NBA defender as a backup. <laughs> yeah, how about that? And even in the second time he made it, he was a starter, but there were times where he did not start because of different issues and all, but all in all, a uh, first-round pick that did hit for this team. He was a specialist, of course, with his defense, but the offense never really caught up, Keith, to that defense, and it started to wear thin on Sixer fans. So when you look at his return tonight, what are you expecting from the crowd? What are you expecting from him as he comes back to Philadelphia now as a member of the Blazers? You know, I don't know what to expect from the crowd. I mean, it's kind of hard to to figure. Um, You know, there are some people – who look at it and they'll say, you know what, this guy didn't really get a fair shake this season. And they look at it and they see that, you know, he was, you know, the best perimeter defender, one of the top uh, uh, defenders in the, in the league, but he also was traded. And, and also some people, you know, once you get traded, it's kind of like, yo, you know what, me and you might've grew up together. You were my boy and all that, but now you're on a different team. So I don't really like, you know, uh, 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 bang with you like that anymore, so to speak, right? So mm-hmm. that could be that. But then there could also be some people who appreciate, you know, what he did. So I, I really don't know. For him, I think that this could be, you know, it could be an emotional game for him. 
um, just because it's your first time back in Philadelphia um, playing. You know, you, you, you're in a place in, in Portland where you're getting the minutes you would like. You, you're showing that you can uh, defend and, and shoot the ball, be the three and D guy that you were. I mean, that you are. But it's also you could press a little bit because you're back in Philadelphia and you want to show everybody that you are that guy. So, you know, when, when that happens, it can be you, you get your nerves going, kind of sort of like the Anthony Melton when he went to Memphis the first game. Like he was so amped up to play that his nerves weren't really – like his nerves wouldn't allow him to excel. So to me, it, I, I don't know what we're going to see. I, I don't. But I will tell you what I saw when I sat down and chatted with him. Like I saw a guy who was happy, a guy who was having fun with his teammates, a guy who feels appreciated, a guy who – they were raving over it, just talking to. And and I feel like this is a, a great spot for him in Portland where you can go and play with Dame, a guy that he's known since he was in high school, and, and you got a defensive-minded coach in Chauncey Billups. So, you know, I, I, I think that this team has had a bunch of injuries this year that hasn't enabled them to excel. But when you look at the pickup that he has and that they're picking him up and the guys that they have coming back next year, I think that they're going to be a talented team. It's just that they're just a year away right now. I'm also curious to see how the fans' reaction will be for Matisse. He's a starter, too, so he'll be introduced as a starter. And oftentimes, man, unless you really, really shine here in Philadelphia, they're going to let you have it as an opposing player now. And I think that's what's going to happen. Not anything heavy, heavy, not too malicious where it's something like that. He'll get a reaction is basically all I'm saying. It's not going to be one of those deals whenever he touches the ball, the ball swings to him and people start to boo. I think it's just going to be in the introduction that he'll hear it from the crowd specifically. If he knocks down the three, maybe they'll also mock him because he was a little reluctant to take those shots here in Philadelphia where he might let it fire a little bit more freely with the Portland Trailblazers. Why do you think it, though, Keith, didn't work here in the end between he and this team and and why he did fall out of favor, as you just talked about, he didn't get a fair shake? Why do you think that is the case? Um, I, I, think, you can guess. I mean, to be honest with you, I kind of think that they didn't want to pay him the money, um, really. I mean, I, I think it, two things. I think we could, we could talk forever. Like, I think that the fact that he was unvaccinated if you notice, he kind of sort of fell out of favor with the Sixers as soon as that happened. It won fans too. Fans the fans too. too, yeah. But, you know, I mean, but we we can't pick and choose who we want to get upset with when things like that happen as well. But, but you know, it's like I felt like he, he fell out of favor with people, and then all of a sudden it was kind of like he went from being the Mr. Untouchable to now like, hey, we went out there and we brought in new guys. Right. And, and and then it got to a point, I, I feel like, so they got the new guys and then they look at it and it's like, I don't think we want to pay this guy. I mean, we don't like as much as, you know, we, we people like the trade with Jalen McDaniels. When you look at it, that was kind of like a cost saving trade. It was one of those things where two things, it enabled them to move Matisse so he wouldn't become a restricted free agent. Right. They wouldn't have to deal with that. Um, because you were basically, you weren't going to pay him. You were just going to lose him. Secondly, it enabled them to get Jalen McDaniels 
at a cheaper price enabled them to get under the luxury tax floor, right? So it's like, okay, so I got a three and D guy, so to speak, even though Jalen's more of like a ball, not ball dominant, but he handles more than just a regular three and D, but you got him, but you got rid of Matisse. So I felt like it's one of those things where they probably had it in their mind for a while that they were going to trade this dude. And they, they looking at it and see who can we get that's cheaper than him, who probably has an expiring contract to where we can look at it and see, we're going to evaluate this guy and see if, if he's a good fit. And if he's a good fit, then we'll bring him back. Right. But we're not trying to give Matisse the money that Matisse is going to want on the open. I mean, as a free agent. So, I think that that was part of the problem, the vaccination and that, um, because, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, let's be real. Like he didn't like he worked on his on his on his on his shot early on in the offseason. But the first five games, he didn't play a lot like he didn't play one game. He got a DNP. I mean, other games, he got like 38 seconds, 23 seconds, a minute, 18, uh, two minutes. So it wasn't like he really got an opportunity to show what he could do at least early on? Um, I don't know what kind of money he's going to get on the open market. I wouldn't imagine that it's too much where they didn't want to really pay whatever that money is because now you're going to have to pay Jalen McDaniels because he's also a free agent this offseason, so they're going to have to do that anyway. As far as the vaccination goes, I was disappointed in him. So when I said the fans also, I was also disappointed that he – I felt like he let the team down in a big spot. We're going into the playoffs and you do whatever you can do to help your team. And you're going on the road to play in Toronto for two games and you're down a man, you're down a rotational player. Pardon me. You're down a starter. Uh, so that, that part for me, he, he got me on that one. Now we have since moved past that because things have been lifted and you can travel to Toronto and you can play even if you're not vaccinated fully, but that did, changed things for me of how how I looked at him as far as what he would do for uh for the team especially again in the playoff spot like that so that that was me so I'll just stand on that one I always liked the player uh was frustrated a lot because of his lack of offense that that didn't really show up when it needed to because I thought and it wasn't just that it was because of what I thought he was able to do as a player with his offense. I thought he was able to do a little bit more. I thought with his athleticism that he would be able to be a guy that can do just a, a tad bit more than I saw on the floor comfortably. And he had so so many other talented players around him that it, he wasn't going to be the focal point. So when the ball did swing to you and you had an open shot or you had the ability, the ability to put the ball on the floor and drive to the, to the uh, basket and finish with your athleticism, I thought he should have been a little bit further along in year number three in the NBA with the Sixers, and it wasn't. So I wasn't upset when they traded him. He was a good player. I wouldn't be mad if he was still here, but um, while I haven't seen Jalen McDaniels in the playoffs, I already liked the idea of Jalen McDaniels on this basketball team at this stage, probably offensively more comfortable than I was with Matisse Thybul. Good player, nice player. It worked out when they drafted him. I wish his offense would have caught up a little bit further to his defense uh otherwise he would probably still be here um but we'll see and who knows i mean the coach may have also played a part in that too where he lost some things there not to say that that's right because you know i'm not the biggest Doc Rivers supporter but 
it, it, it was what it was, and now he's gone. So we'll see. We'll see him tonight. And talked about him yesterday. Doc Rivers said he's looking forward to seeing him. He talked to him when he left. He hasn't talked to him since. And he you know, hopes he has a he feels like he's in a good spot in Portland. Hopes he gets a chance to really shine and be who he who he uh, wants to be out there. And Tyrese Maxey also pointed out how he's going to be happy to see him. He just has to keep his head on the swivel when he makes a drive because that guy will come from behind you and block the shot. So, uh, so it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see him yeah. against his former teammates. Let me say something though. Like the one thing that I, I, I want, like I, I think some people are taking little shots at him uh, based off of like you know some of his comments. And I, I think sometimes we want people to be real and be free and tell us how it is. And you know whatever it was. Um, you know, there's certain people who tend to be good coaches for for certain people, and certain they can't. And certain people they're not good for them. I don't think that mix it was. A, it ended up being becoming a good mix. Um, I, I feel like when you look yeah, at it, Doc Rivers, you're saying, yeah, Doc Rivers and Matisse. I don't think it was a good mix because you know, and and again, it's just different. Like when we look at Doc, you know, Doc is a he coaches people hard. He coaches B-ball Paul hard. He coaches. Tyrese Maxey hard and stuff like that. And I feel like, you know, a guy like Matisse likes to be certain players, they play free. And I feel like, you know, he played where he was afraid to make mistakes out there because if he gambled and he made a mistake, he knew he was coming off the floor. And that kind of like hamstrung him a little bit. And I think that some people are saying when they hear that, they're like, oh, he's afraid to play in Philly. I didn't got nothing to do with Philly. Like, look, y'all, I'm from Philly. Philly ain't the toughest place in the world. Like, I grew up in Frankfurt all the whole time, this and that. I've been to a lot of different places. If you go to Boston, it's the same type of mentality. If you go to L.A. with the fans, New York, it's the same thing. So don't, like, make it seem like somebody's scared to be in the city. This is the way that they feel like their role is, and they feel like the freedom and stuff like that, right? Because – you know, let's be real. When I first joined the Sixers, there were some people who didn't want to come here and play. And it wasn't because of the city or the fans, because there was no pressure on them. It was tanking. They just didn't want to be here. Right. So so like we can't like, you know, overlook that. And I know some people don't want to hear that, but it's the real. It's the truth. So the thing is, don't always say that somebody, oh, he's soft or he this and that. No, he's telling you that whatever what was going on there wasn't good for him and then that he's somewhere else and he's thriving so you can't like make it seem like the city look i, I was walking with the ball down north philly <laughs> i mean seriously we busting blocks most of most star athletes would be like you know what keith uh i don't know if i'm gonna walk down here with you but he walked down there with his blazers stuff on walking the streets of north philly people like what up tv like what's up you know what I'm saying? So, nah, that, that like, 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 we got to get rid of that narrative right then and there. And I know we got to go to commercial break, but I just wanted to put that out there because I get tired of hearing people say such and such is scared of Philly. Nah, nah. If he was scared of Philly, he would not be walking down North Philly with blazer stuff on in the middle of the day. All right. Well, appreciate that when we come back we'll talk about Joel Embiid and James Harden their partnership Keith are you starting to finally uh, gain a little more trust for what they are doing no Matisse Thibel there but that'll be James Harden and Joel Embiid we'll talk about that when we get back right here locked on 76ers 
The Nissan's Most Electric Player of the Week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Right? The Player of the Week for me this week is, and this was a tough one, D. I'm going to be honest with you, because I could have gone either way, two players. It could have been Harden. It could have been Embiid. I mean, Harden was phenomenal. But then I had to give it to Embiid after Embiid, what he did in the last game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, this guy, what he had, like 22 points in one quarter. Like, he was just unstoppable. He was phenomenal. So he is my player of the week. The thing about it is I, I feel like right then and there, when that game, on top of what he did earlier this season against the Joker, Nikola Jokic, is one of those things where I think he has to be the front runner um, for MVP, right? So we got to talk about it. Like, I mean, my man was was fierce. He was brilliant. He was stunning. He was elegant. Like, all the things that you get from this Nissan Aria. Like, yeah, I mean, Joel Embiid, like, he might as well, they might as well start giving them commercials for it, right? So here we are. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin-to-your-seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. Thank you, for, thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen for your next. Check out Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It is free and available on all uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Keep this partnership of Joel Embiid and James Harden, 42 games now, 43 games that they've won, 43 and 22 with uh, 17 games to play, Six, uh, 50. Yeah, uh, 17 games to play, yeah, for this basketball team. And they have uh, 65 in the books. How are you looking at this, man, with this partnership? When I was able to talk to some people and ask the question how they feel, it took a while because we know that they they were excited about the James Harden part, and they were a a big uh, faction of Sixer fans who were not excited about the addition of James Harden because of his style of play with the Houston Rockets. And then when they finally got to see him, it was different, didn't have the explosion, the, the, still the dribbling there from time to time, missing step-back three-pointers, things of that nature. And they did. there wasn't a complete buy-in from Sixer fans on James Harden. But now, over the last month or so, maybe even a little bit earlier into January, it really seems like a lot more people are starting to trust the partnership of Joel Embiid and James Harden. Are, are you there yet? Have you seen it the same way? Do you believe that there is something there now between these two where fans should feel good about those two together? Yeah, I I do. I mean, I I do. Ultimately, though, I do believe that people are there are some people who are saying this is great, but we want to wait to see what y'all can do in the playoffs. No, that part. Yes, that part. Yes. But that's the whole point of it. It It's to that where right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I understand that. Um, I do. I, I, I think so. I mean, when you look at it, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing some stuff that's kind of like historic. I mean, like, you know, we're seeing some things that hasn't happened in over 30 years where you could possibly you're going to probably have you possibly have two teammates who lead the league in their respective categories. Like James Harden is going to be the assist leader. Right. Um, Joel Embiid 
can, can end up being the scoring leader, right? Winning the scoring title. So when, when you say that, it's like, it's phenomenal. And we look at it, you know, that two man game that they have going, you know, it, it's, 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 it's crazy. And like, when you slow down and you watch it and you see the highlights, you say to yourself, did Harden really deliver that pass to Embiid? Like, it's just phenomenal stuff. And when he's trailing, um, so when you look at it and you look at what they did against the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, both of them had 30 points, 10 assists in that game, uh, the biggest win of the season on the road against the number one team, the best team in the league. So how can you not start to have some faith in what they're doing? You know, you know, it, it's kind of like, and the one thing that I will say this about it is whenever they do struggle, I have yet to say to myself, like, oh, well, somebody just dominated those two. I just felt like they went away from the script. Self-inflicting wounds, like you say. So, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, like it, it, they are giving you something to, to to basically have a little bit of confidence in, but at the same time, and it's, it's, it's going to change, but they're ultimately going to be judged by what they do in the second round of the playoffs. Yes, they are. We, yes, they are. And uh, we, we do. I agree with you. We, we know that part uh, for right now, though, the way that they've been playing 17 games left on the season uh, game game number 66 tonight against the Portland Trailblazers. The trust is really starting to show with the six of fans between Joel Embiid and James Harden with their partnership. So we'll see how it all plays out, see if they can continue with it. The one thing that I continue to hear about those two is the health is there. And, and that's one thing that they can't control. And you just hope that knock on wood, they go into the postseason fully healthy. So we get a really good ch- chance to see how this whole thing will shape out once the post- postseason gets underway. When we come back, we'll get into the uh, keys to the game tonight. I think we already know one of them. That is stopping number zero and not letting him go off. But uh, we'll get to that on the other side. Final segment right here on Locked On 76ers. And it's a Friday night. And as we have this big game in Philadelphia this evening between Philadelphia and Portland uh, at the end of the game, because Keith and I will have late nights a- after these basketball games well into uh, the midnight uh, hours. Oftentimes we're both sitting there, whether he's in the arena, I'm in the arena with him, or I'm back at the studio and we're connecting from my studio to where he is in the arena. Uh, oftentimes like, hold on, man, let me finish this real fast. So I'm not chewing on, on camera <laughs> or, or while we're recording. And one of those things is, you know, I have to look for a delicious treat. And oftentimes I go and make sure I have one of those built bars at the studio. So it's healthy. It really is. And uh, surprisingly, you know, you think about it and you look at it because it is covered in 100 percent real chocolate. How is this healthy? How is this possible? Well, it is. It's 130 calories, four grams of, of sugar, uh, of, uh, four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Uh, I go from churro to peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, so many fantastic flavors that I like to lean on when I am sitting there doing my work and having a built bar. Now, often we would have to get them from built.com, and that's where we would have to lean on to get the built bars. Well, now you can also get them at your local Walmart or even Sam's Club. Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Go to the pharmacy, four box, four bar box. You can get them. Cookies and cream, double chocolate, or even coconut puffs. You can get those at Walmart. Or if you like brownie batter and churro, you got to run to Sam's Club. Grab yourself a 13-bar box with those hit flavors. Once again, brownie 
batter and churro. So if you like me and you have to have a late night snack or even something after a workout or you're just lounging and you just want to have a snack, try the Built Bar. Again, Walmart, Sam's Club, or it's still Built.com. You'll thank me later. Welcome back. Locked on 76ers. The uh, 76ers and the Portland Trailblazers will, in fact, go at it tonight. And uh, the one thing that we look at with Sixers, they're on a pretty good roll here with the three-game winning streak, winning the last three games on that road trip. They're playing really well. They're 43 and 22. On the other side, Keith, when you talk about the Western Conference and the Portland Trailblazers, they're fighting for a playoff spot right now. Out of the play-in tournament, they are just one game back of the New Orleans Pelicans and the Los Angeles Lakers with their record of 31 and 35. They lost their last game on Wednesday to the Boston Celtics. Keith, what are your keys to the game against the Trailblazers tonight? You know, uh, I, first of all, you got to stop Dame Lillard. I mean, you last time they played them, they did a phenomenal job against them where they had the bigs come up like they were showing. It was always a crowd. The only thing that concerns me about this one is that, you know, Matisse Seibel was one of the guys who helped contain Dane, right? And now he's on the opposing team. And where you have a guy like uh, DeAnthony Melton who hasn't really been playing, you know, that well consistently on the defensive end as of late. Now, you do have Jalen McDaniels who is long and, and athletic and can do certain things. But the number one key is you got to go after the head of the snake, right? You have to, and you have to contain them. And I'm just wondering if they'll be able to do it, duplicate that. You know what I mean? So to me, that's the number one key. Like, I know you got Joel. I know you have James. You have a lot of other guys who could score and put up points, but you can't let that point guard, you can't let Dame Lillard go crazy over you. So you're going to have to devise certain schemes. Well, we we know how capable uh, he is of going off. We we already know that he had 27 in the game against Boston. They lost 115-93. And Boston, we know how good of a basketball team they are. There's no reason why the Sixers shouldn't handle this team tonight. Damian Lillard did shoot 7 for 16 in that game. Uh, against Boston. He was a perfect 11 for 11 from the free throw line. But how about this? Keep two for eight from beyond. Now, to your point of defending on a perimeter, they have Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, and even Derek White, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. They have a variety of different wing defenders, guard defenders and wing defenders that they could throw and give him different looks on the perimeter. For the Sixers, it's probably going to be one of those cases where you look at DeAnthony Melton as you talked about, we've seen where Tobias Harris in the starting role has also switched on to some of those scoring guards or smaller scoring guards. and has been pretty effective uh, in that role. This guy's different. I don't know if that will be the case, especially when you have Jeremy Grant out there on the floor. You have to account for him. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing when we look at that, because Matisse Thibel is starting, Cam Reddish is starting, are, are we looking at, and oftentimes, Keith, we do this and we kind of guess the matchups. Melton on Lillard. Harris will probably be on Jeremy Grant. And maybe they go with P.J. Tucker on on Cam Reddish or vice versa between Tobias Harris and and and, 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 and uh, P.J. Tucker. And then you have 
James Harden running around with Matisse Thibel. Maybe that's how they'll they'll decide to go. Uh, but they're going to have to be able to throw bodies at them, as you just talked about. They just have to simply be able to throw some bodies at him to make sure that he does not go off because we know how easily it can be. And he's going to want to atone for that poor shooting night that he had against the Boston Celtics, two for eight from beyond. So it's going to be a tough matchup. I'm, I'm in agreement with you that that is the start of things there. Make sure you slow him down and uh, also try to contain Jeremy Grant as best as possible. And I think you win the game. I do. And make sure you keep, turn. don't turn the ball over as usual. Get out and transition and run. Slow them down in transition because they do want to run. Don't let them get going. Shaden Sharp is a highlight reel waiting to happen off the bench, something like that. You got to match their energy. And the Sixers, they have a they have seven home games, two of them remaining, uh, seven remaining on the season. Two are this weekend with Portland here. And then you have Washington back here in Philadelphia on Sunday before they go on the road again for three. So they have to make sure that they, again, continue to win on their home floor with a 24 and 10 record. Build up these W's. You're too close to Boston right now to drop games that you should not be dropping. So go out there and let's see how you handle things against this Portland and Washington team this weekend. Yeah, but here's the one thing I will say. The defense, like if you remember the last game, what mm-hmm. they did is they used Tobias on Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Simons. And right? he's not playing. Anthony yeah, Simons. So he's not, yeah, Anthony Simons. I knew it when I came out. Anthony Simons, he's not playing. But I wonder if they try to put Tobias on another wing, like whoever that person is. Like whoever comes. Yeah, like Cam Reddish, maybe try to use his length, you know, this and that. The thing is, though, I, when you look at it, when you look at the thing about Dane, Dane is a is, is easier to defend Dane when nobody else is making shots like, you know, Matisse has been shooting 40.9% um, from three since he's been there in those 10 games. Right. But he was, he was 0 for four against the Celtics one for six shooting. So it's one of those things where you look at it, like, and you look at Jeremy Graham, like if they're not hot and if you can like stand in the way, it's easier for you to collapse on Dane. But if, because what's going to happen is, People are going to start double teaming Dane, but then if you start hitting your shots, then all of a sudden you're going to back away because you know he's a willing passer, even though he scores a lot of points. But if you're not making shots, you just and, and it ain't even a matter of like the Sixers saying, "Oh well, we we held these dudes or something." Nah, y'all gave them open looks. Other teams are talking about they just can't make the shots. So so I, I think that that's the key, like. Who is Tobias Harris going to guard? Like, who is he going to guard? You know what I mean? That that's the key. And and like another thing is, how is Matisse Thibel going to play? Is he going to? I was about to say. Yeah. I want to see how they how they may shade off of him. That's what's going to probably exactly. happen. It's going yeah. to happen. But like the thing is, you know, is is you know, is is kind of like some people may say disrespectful, but it's one of the things, dude. You got to make some shots for us to guard you. And if he can't make shots, and it is, it is going to be a pressure-packed situation for him, let's face it, coming back here where they gave up on you thinking you couldn't get the job done, and now you got to do it against them. So if he can make shots, it's great. If, if not, I think they'll be in trouble because, to me, that's part of the reason why Boston was able to thump him because nobody else could do anything. And then if he's having an off night, it's over. It's just yep. over. Yep, their second-best scorer is, in fact, Anthony Simons. Jeremy Grant right after that. 
And then it's just a crapshoot of let's see what happens with the other guys. So, yeah, slow him down, and you should be able to win this game. And, and that should be the focus for this one tonight against the Sixers. Uh, and we'll see how it all plays out. We thank everybody for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day uh, on our next episode. We might be able to bring you on this weekend, kind of recap this one against Portland and preview Washington on Sunday. So now make your second listen, Locked On NBA, Locked On Experts, covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith, you mind letting the good folks know where they could find us? You can find us wherever you can get these pie, get, you know, get a podcast at, um, especially locked on. You can find my man D tonight from six to midnight, brother, working hard, working hard in pregame. I might, be at, the, I might be at the the game for the first half. Oh, wow. Do the show from the arena from six to Seven, six, four, well, five. Yeah. In order for you to get on air, if you're going to leave, and if you don't do it from the arena, you, you're going to have to to leave at halftime, probably. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, you listen, to Divine, from six to midnight, uh, on on ninety seven five FM. You can also follow my man on Twitter at Divine G nine seven five. You can follow me on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers, and um, you can uh, also uh follow me at inquire.com go read keith's story with the conversation he had with matisse thibault it's a really good one uh some good information in there good perspective from matisse thibault on his end on what he's doing in portland right now and uh, why things may not have worked out here in philadelphia so go read it inquire.com keith pompey go check it out keith thanks man as always i'll talk to you later thanks you guys peace